0: Leonard Cohen, suggested there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. One of the pleasures about being a on the internet more is that I'm running into people from all over the world. Those distances mean nothing right now. And for that, I'm grateful. And a few weeks ago, I read a piece on one of the groups on LinkedIn, which I visit. And it was, it took me to Michelle Yanta von Rainsburg and she lives in South Africa, but she might as well live across the hall because of this platform. So I have asked, her to join me today to talk a little bit about her story, how she got here, who she is, and then talk a bit more about uh, back to different, about, about pushing forward rather than pushing back. So, Michelle, if you would take it away and tell us your story to, to now.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mac. I think it's always a difficult thing to, yeah. to tell one story because there's so many people involved and you know, so many, so many integral parts of the journey that gets you to where you are now. But I think to put it in a nutshell, I think the, the most important thing that I do remember from just growing up was I grew up in the north of Botswana, which is far, far off in Africa. And when people across the broad think of Africa and they think of wild animals opening our gates, um, Botswana is exactly that. <laughs> wow. So um, my my dad did expat work there and that's where we grew up. And I think, you know, a part of one's upbringing is is really due to where you are today. And growing up in a town like that, we were very much raised that you can be anything you want to be. You can mingle with anybody that you want to mingle with. And um there was things like like race and where you came from and your your gender really didn't matter because it was it was a small a small town. So everybody got on. And fast forward to when I had to go and study, I chose the route of accountancy and it was never because I wanted to be an accountant. It was merely because of the foundation that I believed finance to give you. So I qualified as a professional accountant. And a couple of years later, I think five or six years later, after finishing articles and writing my board exam, I embarked on the journey of entrepreneurship. And as an accountant, I believed I could do anything, which was probably the biggest mistake of all, having that mindset. And my first business, I opened a hair and beauty salon. (laughs) only to realize that one should stick to what you know and that just because you understand finances, it does not mean you understand business at all. (laughs) And I had about 15 girls working for me and we were in quite a large mall in South Africa. And um, to find myself about two years later on the verge of liquidation, which, (laughs) which is something that I know a lot of entrepreneurs don't like to talk about, but yes, most of them have experienced it. And um, after a lot of negotiations and um, bringing, bringing to light my finance background and having really good lawyers, we could end that quite amicably. And after that, I started my tech journey and I decided that I'll stick to what I know. And I embarked on a journey of accountancy and on cloud, cloud-based technology. And this started with Coopers. And I was there for about 18 months on this new journey of cloud-based technology and finance, after which I decided that entrepreneurship spirit is just not going anywhere and it cannot be buried. (laughs) And that's when I started NAMAC Business Lounge, which, like I say, is a tech-driven finance company. And since then, a lot of other little ventures have popped up along the side. But I think it's, it's it's all part of who you are and where you want to be. But the most important thing that I have found throughout this whole journey is, is that one should be completely mindful of, of where you are the energy you put into the diff, to the different um, ventures that you tackle because out of my personal experience burnout is definitely real and um, it does exist it unfortunately just creeps up on you so. About two and a half years ago, I found myself with executive burnout through all of this, through all these companies and training for a, for a full Ironman distance in South Africa. <laughs> and I ended up sleeping for 15 hours a day for three months. And after that, I sort of devoted one of my businesses to, to being a transformational and performance coach. And to assisting people to say, you know, you don't need to work 20 hours a day to be successful. It's about being productive. It's about being smart about it. And um, it's about being creative. And when you do try work 20 hours a day, you lose your creativity, you lose your spark. And you're just not going anywhere, to be honest. You're just not moving forward.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you a couple of questions. I, I, I didn't mean to step on you. You may have just been taking a breath.
1: No, don't stress, please ask. <laughs> uh,
0: we, we all have different uh, different cadences when we speak, right? Uh, so, so much of what you said sparked a whole bunch of stuff for me. Number one is that you grew up in a small town. And <laughs> what, what I think, I, I mean, I did too. And, and what I think I heard is that in that small town, you, you didn't see that people's differences were um critical and and you didn't see that um that you were built sort of that there were built in things that could hold you back
1: hundred percent and i think it was because one it was so small right um two we were on completely completely stranded side of the world (laughs) and because you you so few people you know we were 112 kids in the school wow from like kindergarten right through to standard 5 or grade 7 i don't know what it's called these days so you you either get on with everybody and have a swell time or you just or you just don't
0: maybe one of the things which which is happening I mean this is happening for you and me right now is it at for for our time together we are forming a village, a duo, a community <laughs> with its own with its own rules and its own town code and its own sense of connectivity and maybe one of the things about this time in in which we live is that that possibility seems to be, more available than it used to be not because it wasn't available but because we didn't need to use it as much Mm
1: -hmm. i completely agree and i think this is one of the positive things of where we are at the moment Mm -hmm. is that if we really embrace where we are it's actually quite an exciting space to be
0: in fabulous and um i don't think that is i don't think that's naive I think, that's, I think that's smart, I think that's practical. Um, I mean, I'm a child of the 60s, uh, so I protested the war, I went to Woodstock, I'm still an idealist, I get all that stuff. But I'm also a businessman. And the two other things you said, which, which uh, really struck me and uh, I don't want to lose, one was to uh, talk about your uh, failures. Um, I think that is such a critical part of our growth and development, especially if we're going to embrace this thing of entrepreneurship. Which, at least in my experience, um, you have to be able to embrace risk, which means you have to be able to accept loss as part of the part of the journey.
1: Hundred percent, and I think you know it's about having a mindset that that life is happening for you. Yep. It's it's not happening to you. And once you establish that mindset of life is happening for you, then you learn to look at these challenges and just say, all right, <laughs> what are the next steps, you know, in which direction are you being pushed in? And why I, I like to talk about my failures is because I don't know if you're aware, but you can actually, a random fun fact, but you can actually buy an entrepreneur Barbie <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I, I read these articles about entrepreneurship Barbie, and you know she's got a cell phone in the hand and high heels and winging it. And then I think you know it's it's beautiful, and I absolutely love it that it that it creates this this sense of what is achievable to young girls. But but I do sort of look at it, and I think we should really not be giving the wrong idea or the wrong perception about what entrepreneurship is.
0: I I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur until somebody said, "Oh, you're an entrepreneur." And and my my first response was, "No, I'm not. I just have a short attention span." <laughs> because I've been I've been a professional actor and a yacht charter captain, and I've been in retail. And I, I, if I told you everything I've done in my life so far, that would use up the entire podcast. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and one of the things. I learned to, if um, not quite guard against, but to be cognizant of is my level of energy. Because as you said, we can, if we're going, ooh, ooh, I'm going to try that, we can, we, can, we can burn out. And just as you said, I reached a point where, where I had drained my battery. And just like you, I had to, to kind of crash and burn uh, for a few weeks to just kind of regain some focus because when we're that when we 're that worn down you're right we do not we do not function very well, do we
1: No you completely lose creativity and so i've got a a very um i'm i'm sort of very focused on the fact to manage my energy and not my time, so that's why. A midday training session happens for me almost every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to sort of regain, like I say, your creativity, your productivity. And at the end of the day, you're getting so much more done in six to eight hours than the person thinking that they're working 16
0: hours. I think you're right. We, we, we and I don't know if it's the same in the part of the world where you live, but at least in this country, one of the things I see about the pandemic is it gives us a chance to look at how we how we conceive of work and to redefine it so that it's more humane and human which is also it turns out and this is based on not just experience but this is based on some pretty powerful research it's also more more productive
1: i completely completely agree with you and i've seen it with my clients as well you know, the clients that have taken this time to sort of say, let's, let's refocus, let's revisit our business processes, um, you know, let's have a look at our supply chain. Those are the clients that are booming now yep. where the clients that became quite scatterbrained and um, allowed themselves to, to, to fall into a bit of a, a, bit of a low and allowed themselves to see the negative of it. Those are the clients that you know, are unfortunately, battling at this stage.
0: In your in your work experience with your clients, is there um, is there a sort of pattern of of um, how they how they conceive of of what they do, which which leads some to prosper and some to crash and burn? Do you see any 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 kind of aha's? about why some fall and why, why some don't?
1: I think the question has is, is got like a two-fold answer to it, but I think the first part of it would be to say, my clients that have, that have got a work-life balance are generally the clients that prosper. And the clients that have allowed themselves to sort of derail, and that's why I say, you know, that's where I think my my passion and purpose kind of comes in with the guys that are burnt out to really guide them to a transformation and, you know, to improve their performance. Those are the guys that, that battle in general. And then I think the second part of the question is I always like to say, you know, there's a massive difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner. An entrepreneur to me is the person that is like, okay, we've we've hit a pandemic. To give an example, I've got a client who supplies to all the beauty salons. She's in distribution. And I mean, all the beauty salons were closed for a good couple of months. And we were three weeks into hard lockdown and I was on the phone to her and all of a sudden she was like, She's got the warehouses, she's got the staff, she's now supplying PPE. (laughs) So, So she just took what she had and she just plugged another business into it. And, you know, that to me is an entrepreneur. A business owner to me is somebody that can make a good business work, but the minute they're faced with challenges, they're not necessarily as agile as what the entrepreneur would be.
0: I would would guess, and this is risky business predicting anything right now, (laughs) you know, part of the theme of this podcast is that we are not going to go back to the way it was i mean things are sort of indelibly changed uh, and whether you see that as bad or good is i think less important than the fact that that things are not going to just suddenly go ah, you know there's not going to be this this mm-hmm. sigh of ah we can get back to the way things were and i think what you just said about the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur I think all of us need to look at how we conceive of our as you said our work and our life where where do they connect are they separate entities or are we better off when our work and our life are confluent they they flow flow together. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I got fired in 1994. And for a <laughs> whole bunch of reasons, I started going and doing working for myself. And I've never been happier. I never want to stop. I think I make a difference. And I have that same, I think, um, life to my work that I hear in your voice about what you do. So... How can we preserve that for ourselves, and how can, how can we help other people to like find it?
1: I think in terms of preserving it for ourselves, and I think possibly for you know, helping people find it, to me, it comes down to, to mindfulness, mm-hmm. to practicing mindfulness every single day. And, you know, what? whatever that looks like to you, it can be meditation, it can be swimming, you know. I find nothing more mindful than staring at that black line at the bottom of the swimming pool. <laughs> um, you know, it can, be, it can be sitting with a candle at bath, but I think practicing mindfulness is at the end of the day what what helps you preserve your energy and, and preserve the way you look at things and the way you handle things. It almost like balances your EQ, I think, to a certain extent and that's a lot of things people don't realize is that they they run and they end up running on so much adrenaline and their cortisol levels are flying through the roof that they cannot think clearly even though they think they are
0: yeah maybe it's the difference between going outside and actually running somewhere and then turning around and running back <laughs> and simply running on a treadmill mm-hmm.
1: So I think, like I said, it's just about being mindful and, and um, you know, being, I, I call it my what went wells every evening. I do three W's and I write down three what went wells for the day because you know what it's like when you focus on the positive, you always see the positive.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What we focus on brings in the information to our decision-making process, and what we focus on is always subjective, right? Mm -hmm. Is there more about that, what you were about to say?
1: No, sorry, I think I lost you maybe for three seconds, but it's back now.
0: That's okay, Um, it it will Mm -hmm. show up in the the recording, and if it's there, it's there, and if it's not, I can just cut out the uh, blank time. (laughs) so let me ask you um, a couple of of, uh, questions number one as you as you prepare I won't say plan because I think planning right now is a little dangerous other than like planning what I'm going to have for dinner or what I'm going to get at the (laughs) store (laughs) Um, but I think preparation is critical right now because If we're we're prepared in our in our heads and in our hearts and in our spirits, then we do better than if we're just stuck with planning because things are changing too rapidly. So how do you prepare for this very ambiguous time of change in your spirit, in your heart, in your in your brain? And does that affect how you connect with the people around you? That's my first question. And then I'll, I'm going to pull the second question as a surprise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I actually really, really like that you say that because when, when you said it, you know, we don't plan, we actually prepare. It, it, yeah, I actually, that sat quite well with me, to be honest. And um, I think in terms of my life, how I prepare is that, um, as I mentioned, you know, I try and manage my energy and not my time. So to me, a morning routine is absolutely key. If I go three days, you know, without a morning routine, I can feel it. I feel a bit scatterbrained. um, I feel a little out of control. I feel less inspired. So to me, a morning routine is key. And. I also think it's, it's not about waking up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. You know, that's that to me is a bit of a myth. <laughs> I don't think sleep till noon, but waking up at 4 a.m. is definitely not going to make you more successful than the person waking up at 6, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So a morning routine for me is absolutely key, and, and this normally includes a cup of good coffee and um, some quiet time where I basically set my intention for the day set my intention, do, um, do my, my gratitude journal, what am I grateful for, and then I embark during the day. And during the day as well, if I'm feeling a little foggy or I'm feeling a little, how can I say, like with, with no inspired action, right. then I drop down next to my laptop and I do a couple of push-ups <laughs> just, to, just to release some, release some endorphins again. And good music to be honest because I think being prepared is about constantly operating on inspired action And you can only act on inspired action if you know what your daily intention is or if you're feeling good So I think part of being prepared is is have a little if I can give a little tip here is have a little go-to list We all have a song that makes us feel exceptionally good (laughs) or you know you feel exceptionally good if you maybe do your five push-ups or your five sit-ups. So have a little go-to list and when you are feeling uninspired and just put it on, dance around. (laughs) But I think preparing is just about constantly feeling inspired. And when you're not feeling inspired, we're all adults enough to know what we can do to pick up our energy levels
0: couple of things you just said, which really struck home. Number one is dance. Um, my, my, uh, my wife knew when she married me, we've only been married since October that, that I, that I at least boarded on the eccentric. So <laughs> sometimes I just dance, you know, I just, if I need to just kind of get out of my head you know, dr- stop stop dragging myself down, just kind of shake it up. I'll just dance and I, I have no idea whether I'm a good dancer or not. That make a difference. It is that <laughs> you know, I, I just need to loosen up. And you know what you said about dropping down to do some some push-ups, there is a physical piece. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't sit in my chair for long. I mean, I, I write a lot. But I never sit and write for more than about half an hour at a time, because I start to, I can feel, I can feel the voltage in my battery going down, even though I'm having fun. And I, you're right, I need to get up and move around. Sometimes I'll just take a walk, sometimes I'll dance, sometimes I'll play my guitar, anything that's physical. And um, I like the idea of inspired action. That was cool. Very, very cool. That may be the title of the podcast. One of the things that happens is every podcast I do, at some point, the other person comes up with the title. I don't have to worry about that. So
1: that's pretty cool.
0: So my my uh, second question: You don't have children, but um, when you have 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 moved on, uh, moved away, um, left this sphere <laughs> and people talk about 2020 how would you like people to say you handled yourself during this time what would be uh, michelle's legacy of 2020 what did you learn and share and 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 help people with in this time
1: so Definitely recovering from feelings of burnout or recovering from feelings of despair. Um, That's what I've sort of devoted a lot of my time to because generally it's, it's it's often your overachievers that get that feeling. You know, it's, it's your overachievers that feel like they're not delivering or that get to a point of burnout. So I've devoted quite a lot of my time to, to that and created a couple of fun, like, 21-day challenges for people to jump on the bandwagon with. And um, something I've been hashtagging quite a lot is just li- live your best life. We've still got all the tools to, to make it a good one. We're sitting with the internet, you know, to bring it back to the beginning of this podcast when you said, you know, we could have just as well been sitting across the hall. Right. That's one of the massive things that, that I absolutely love about COVID is you know it's, it's become more comfortable to reach across the globe so i think it would just be you know live, live living living my best life at this stage to be quite honest and secondly just to say you know helping people out of that point of despair and helping them out of that point of burnout to really make the best of everything that they've got at the moment but when you did did mention earlier as well about about preparing you know i think it to to sort of put that in a nutshell, what came to mind just now is when we prepare, we effectively ensuring that we're the best version of ourselves to be able to handle and to pursue whatever direction it is we, we feel we would like to go in.
0: Fabulous. I appreciate your, your taking the time to uh, join me and you're right. You're so right about being grateful for, this platform can you can you comprehend what it would be like if we didn't have the web right now
1: oh no goodness
0: (laughs) i mean that's i mean this this um connection is one of the vibrant things which i think will suddenly become more clear to people due to the pandemic we're going to go you know i can talk to Michelle in South Africa, just like we were walking down the street. How cool is that? Well, I will um, I will be back in touch with you because I started a coaching program 15 years ago, which is focused on energy instead of time. And um. yeah, and I think changing my focus from time to energy, I mean, I you know, I still had to be here at eight o'clock my time. I get that. But focusing on energy gives me so much more of that. Whereas if I focus on time, I always feel either too early or too late.
1: (laughs) That's so well said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. We will, we will, we'll stay connected down the line. Have a fabulous afternoon. Um, You really, um, I've, I've learned so much from you. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Mac. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed chatting to you.
0: And uh, (laughs) have a fabulous Tuesday.
1: You too. Cheers.
0: Bye. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward with this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.